toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe this is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Alara Sage. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that's keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Alara Sage. She is the ecstatic life mentor. She works with ambitious female leaders and professionals who are highly successful, but feel unfulfilled and lonely in love life and relationships. She helps them reawaken their sexual power as a woman so that they can magnetize deep, intimate connection, pleasure, and wealth without sacrifice. Alara Sage is an intuitively gifted mentor, teacher, and healer who coaches provocatively and soulfully. She has over 15 years of experience helping others reignite and transform their own lives. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Alara. Thank you. I'm so grateful for being here. Stacy. you have such a wonderful voice. I was just going to, I was just going to float away there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> 
So I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today. So tell a little bit about your journey and what has led you down the spiritual path. Yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like I've always been spiritual. I'm sure you ladies have felt the same. You know, as a child, I I lived in a lot of acreage. And so I spent a lot of time in the forest by myself, you know, barefooted, just like, I don't know if I even had any clothes on. <laughs> I was just really in with Gaia and, and I feel like, um, you know, I, I also saw a lot of beings when I was a child and, and I had a very connected, uh, childhood in, in that manner. And, um, I kind of lived a little of an obscure life when I was 19 years old, instead of going to college, which I had every intention to go to college, uh, my higher self swooped in and sent me off to travel the world uh, where I became a scuba diving instructor and spent my days submerged under the ocean. And uh, again, very deeply just connected to Gaia and just feeling the rhythms of, of her throughout my life. And then I, you know, I found a partner and got married and had children and really noticed that I was really unfulfilled. And I remember a particular day thinking we were going out with some friends. And I remember like literally realizing that I didn't enjoy anything. And like, even the things that I enjoyed, I didn't really enjoy. I was kind of just waiting for the end of the day to happen and just living in this very, like what felt like very numb life. And that's when spirituality came into my process and I started to meditate and started to really, my process has always been connecting to my chakras. That was just what I was guided to do. And I had this really extraordinary experience that I was working on horses at the time. I was doing physical therapy to the horses and their bodies. And they were one of my greatest teachers. They taught me so much about energy and about presence and I was driving to go work on the horses and my higher self swooped in and said, Om three times. And at the time I didn't really Om. I meditated, but I knew what Oming was. So I said, okay. And I, you know, I took a nice deep breath. Om, and I did that three times. And on the end of the third one, the shot of energy shot through my body, out my crown. And I went into full body orgasm while I was driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> And luckily it was in an area that was only like 25 miles, you know, per hour, 30, I pulled over and I just like, oh, I was just in this, you know, this just deliciousness of energy, like coursing through my body in this very, very blissful state. And when it ended, I was just in cloud nine. I was so blissed out. I had no idea what had happened to me. Um, I carried on with my day drove down the freeway, you know, like dancing, like I could barely stay in the seat of my car. I was just so lit. And I feel like it was such a changing point for me because I realized like what was possible mm -hmm. and what I was experiencing. It made me realize even more so like how really numb I had felt, how dispassionate I had felt I'm always very good at everything I do, but there wasn't any more aliveness to me. I, I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't lit by life anymore. And this, this Kundalini, it was a spontaneous Kundalini awakening 
blew me open to, wow, this is, I, I was actually rather non-orgasmic in my life at that point. So I had never had a full body orgasm. I rarely orgasmed in general. Um, I had gotten to a point where I could orgasm, but I had to like really concentrate. <laughs> Everything had to be just perfect. <laughs> and then it would happen. This was completely different, right? This was a complete like surrender to the energy flowing through me. And again, I didn't know what had happened. So the next six months was rather chaotic because of course the Kundalini Shakti uh, unraveled, you know, stored emotion and trauma out of my being. And I really went into this space of like one moment I was really ecstatic. The next moment I was practically depressed. You know, I'd be crying. I'd be, I was all over the place emotionally which was very interesting to me because I had considered myself a very emotionally balanced person, which was just me suppressing my emotions. I wasn't actually that balanced. And I didn't know again, what was happening to me. And I just kept kind of checking in and like literally asking, am I going crazy? And my higher self just kept saying, no, just, just breathe and be, be through with your emotions. And so I did. And as the universe works around five months, it started to kind of come back to, you know, harmonic uh, stage of my emotions. And this book just landed in my lap that was called Kundalini Awakening. And I had a chapter about spontaneous Kundalini Awakening that like hit what happened to me to the T. And um, yeah, from that point on, for me, it was really like, wow, we are these beings of bliss and this capacity to be this bliss. And, you know, after that, it's not like I kept going through like, Ooh, I'm so blissful and wonderful and like euphoric all the time. You know, I still had a lot of work to do, but I knew at that point what was possible for me. And, you know, it, it really deepened my devotion to myself and to my practice. Mm. Wow. That sounds like such a powerful, powerful experience to go through and really just to go from where you thought you were, you know, in this place of emotional awareness and, you know, and, and then moving into this Kundalini awakening to really see how much you had been holding down. And I'm just wondering, because I feel like, you know, so many women have this experience, right? They feel like they're, they're in their bodies or they're connected to their emotions. And, and so, what would you say to someone who was, you know, experiencing this maybe numbness, right? Or not even knowing that they're numb and they're, you know, wanting to tap into that, that power, that energy, um, what, and, and they don't have that maybe um, the spontaneous awakening. What would you, how would you work with that person? Yeah. I think the first thing is always the availability, right. To really acknowledge are we really fulfilled? Are we really feeling the moment and our own personal presence and deep intimate connection to ourselves and to the people in, in, in our lives? Because I think when we're really honest with, are we experiencing connection intimacy? I think that's a big, like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, if I would have been asked that question, I could have honestly said no. Um, and so I think that first kind of acknowledgement 
is so important for us. And then it really mm. is about the body. And I loved Stacy with the meditation, you know, how you said that we can always go back to the breath because it's something I teach and, you know, our, all of this, in my opinion, starts with this journey back to the body. And so again, it's about awareness first step of, of what, uh, what is your relationship to your body? Do you really love it? Can you see your body in the mirror and maybe not be like, wow, you are so sexy, but can you even just honor that? Wow, that's me. That's me. That's my unique being. That's me. Mm. I'm beautiful. Can you touch your, your yoni and your labia lips in love, not in, you know, not that there's anything wrong with masturbation, but not in a sense of creating pleasure for yourself, but really just diving into that space with a, ah, oh, I am here for you. I love you. And if the answer is no to any of those, I completely understand. Cause again, I couldn't have done any of that before. And so I think when we ask ourselves these first initial questions of how do you really feel and experience your personal body and being, it starts to become really obvious, right? Of, of what is our relationship to ourselves? And then it is that process of really cultivating that connection, that intimacy, and ultimately that love for ourselves once again. Yeah, I appreciate how you expressed that because I do find, you know, in in my work as well in Ayurveda, there is this disconnect between really embody and loving our body, you know, not create it as a, another fix it project or, you know, that where the self criticism comes up. And I love the tool of like self-massage with some yummy oils and essential oils. And just, you know, that sense of touch is so important and it's so soothing, especially for a society of women. I work with a lot that struggle with anxiety and, you know, when we can really soothe that connection of our skin to our energy body and our aura, it just has such a beautiful calming effect and, and, just complete acceptance. And yeah, I really appreciate that, um, that you brought it back to, you know, really nourishing, nourishing ourselves and really embodying um, what we want to create in the world. And I'm curious about when you talk about your, um, you mentioned about ancestral shame, and how can, like, how can, how does that show up? in our body, whether that's ancestrally or currently or both, like, what does that look or feel like? Yeah, this is such an important question. Another thing that I wasn't aware that I even carried around really? immense, immense amount of shame that I held in my body for my body because of my body uh, that I held for my ancestral line. And you know, for me, the ways that I was really experiencing shame was largely in my lack of orgasm or orgasm being a sense of performance. And this, this, mm -hmm. this really 
manner that wasn't, again, of, of real, just loving and nurturing myself. It was an act that, you know, maybe released stress, maybe, you know, definitely brought me pleasure, but it, it wasn't in like a relationship with the self. Mm-hmm. Um, also the ways in which I really personally experienced shame was I was so scared to be seen um, specifically in my pain. So I come from mm-hmm. a strong lineage of strong women, you know, mm-hmm. and it makes me want to cry right now because we have such a societal label around what a strong woman looks like and mm-hmm. how she acts. And, you know, just seeing my mother and her grandmother, you know, I took that on completely. And I, for one, I couldn't connect with other people. And my way of connecting was through my trying to show them how strong and confident I was. And I would only talk about things that I had been through and overcame and I was solid and good. And I got this, I would never, ever expose like, wow, I'm going through this and it fucking hurts. You know, I'm going through this and like, I'm really struggling with this right now. Like I would never say that. I even noticed at one point that my own journaling, I would journal all the happy thoughts. (laughs) And if I was going through something, I would stop journaling and I would start journaling after I was through it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even show it to myself. And, you know, I saw this in my mother and how just shut down and closed she was. And it was always like, I'm good. I got this. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. And Meanwhile, I could feel that she was in pain. I could feel that that wasn't the full truth. And I remember as a little girl feeling that too. And it was like, oh, okay, no, I'm, I'm good. I got this, you know, like no emotion. We got this right. We're good. We're solid. We're strong. And so like really being willing to show myself, particularly to other women took real courage in my, in my mind, it took a real availability of realizing that that's what courage is. That's what being a strong woman is, is wow. Today I feel brilliant. And today I feel sick to my stomach. And today I'm sad today. I'm over here. Like the fullness of who we are and the courage to embrace all of that and be embraced in all of that. And that was my, my experience and how it showed up ancestral was shocking because I started going through this process again, spontaneous process with my higher self where all of a sudden it was like cervix, cervix, cervix. And all of the shame was coming up around my ancestral line, around my mother, I was raised Catholic. And so it was like the, the shame of being human, basically, right. The shame of all of our sins, the shame of pleasure, the shame of desire, the shame of sexual expression, the shame, the shame. And I could, it was just all swirling all around me. And I was like, 
breathing into my body and into my cervix and going through this process. And then the shame that just went on, I could see all of the women around really around the sexual energy. Right. And like their shame around them being highly sexual and being very powerful, sexual women. And, you know, that being looked really down upon in Catholicism and in my lineage and like, you know, <laughs> that's not okay. That's not safe. And, and so I was swirling in all of this energy, not understanding why this was happening, but seeing the beauty of it and, and really sinking down into it and transmuting the energy through my body. And it went on for about two weeks. And then my mother contacted me and was like, I have to tell you, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God. And I told her, I was like, wow, that's really interesting because I just went through a lot of really deep healing of releasing shame in my cervix and the cervix of our ancestors. And, you know, my mother doesn't truly understand, but I told her. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow <laughs> that's um absolutely so powerful and yeah you know there's that that energy right that we as women right we are sexual beings and I think that it's been so suppressed for for I mean you know you mentioned Catholicism right the religious constructs that have been embedded in our culture you know, have really suppressed the divine feminine energy. And I feel like it's, it's starting to rise again. We're starting to really see the divine feminine awaken that, that sexual energy again. And I'm wondering, you know, if you are seeing that or what you are, are tapping into with that, that energy is, um, as it's coming forward in this new age of Aquarius and this new age of um, the world and, you know, the universe that we're in right now. Yeah, I have absolutely been feeling that beautiful rise and, you know, all the different healings, like you said, I was extremely, I have, I've always had a high sexual energy and, you know, I was abused as a child. And so it was like, stop that, S stop being like that, whatever you're doing, stop it. <laughs> and I shut down and then I shut down even further when I went into high school and I, it was so confusing for me. I had no idea what was happening. I had people being very upset with me about you know, things going on that I wasn't intentionally doing that had to do with my sexual energy. And I was just like, whoa, this is not safe. Like just shut all of this down. Right. And so this whole process for me has been that liberation of my own sense of safety, boundary and integrity of my sexual energy and you know, cultivating that safety in my body that no, like I get to be my massively sexual self and massively expressive and big energy self. And how do I work with this in a space of integrity? You know, that I am 
feeling that my actions and my words and the spaces that my energy is in serves myself and others. And, you know, having those clear boundaries has been really, really important to me. And something that really came up as you asked the question, Stacey, that I wanted to bring forward is, you know, one of the things that when women, when we go through, when we have our first sexual experience, where we went from supposedly pure virgin to no longer pure men go through, Oh, now you're a man mm-hmm. women. It's like, Oh, you're no longer a virgin. You lost your virginity. You lost your purity. And I feel like we are reclaiming this real essence of like ownership that our sexual energy is pure, that we are pure and innocent in our sexual energy, in our sexual expression, in our sexual desires and the reclaiming of that and just how good that really feels. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, just the iconic, you know, energy of the you know, Virgin Mary versus Mary Magdalene, right? Who was the prostitute and, you know, and, and so these are the mess, these are the women that have been in the biblical text, you know, so it's been embedded in our culture and our psyches for, for so long. Yeah, I just feel like um, we are at a time to awaken to that divine feminine within us and yeah, to, to release that shame. And so I'm wondering, you know, as we are working on healing the shame that has been embedded, you know, I think, you know, all that from the ancestral trauma, from the religious trauma, from, you know, all of the ancestral um, lines that have been passed down, you know, what are some ways that we can really begin to release that shame from our, from our beings to fully embody and express our divine birth, right? Yes. I, I use four keys and one of them is breath because the breath is always there. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can always come back to it. The other one is connection, right? Connection to our bodies, connection to Gaia, connection to other women. The third one is movement. You know, there's mm-hmm. this, this understanding that not dance, although it can sometimes look like dance, right? But this, like the body, especially the feminine body, like she loves to move and just giving ourselves permission to just listen to our body and let it move us, let it just carry us and move with it. And, and the beauty of how that can really release a lot of energy in the moment, if you're using breath and you're breathing into your body and you're following the movement, energy will just start to release out of your body. It's so Mm -hmm. powerful. And the fourth one is our voice, our expression. You know, how are we speaking to ourselves? My favorite things to say to myself is my love. I speak to myself, my love. I see you, my love. How are you today, my love? How are you today? How are we speaking Mm. to ourselves? And what are we saying about ourselves? And also 
this is our abracadabra, right? This is our speaking into existence, <laughs> mm, right? And so right. what are we speaking into existence? Are we speaking into existence, our, our love and our desires and our compassion? Or are we speaking, you know, from wounding and trauma, which is, you know, not right or wrong. It's always about awareness, in my opinion, like, oh, mm -hmm. there I go. I'm speaking mm. my trauma. Okay, that's me speaking my trauma. And then, okay, that's me speaking my love and, and learning the vibrational difference and literally how that affects our body. You know, like when oh, you yeah. say something, you can like feel it in your nervous system mm. and in your body. Hello, this is Stacey Musial of Be The Love Podcast. And we're talking about miracle tea today. Are you feeling low on sexual energy? The Mayans and the Aztecs discovered a natural solution for this, demania. This special ingredient in miracle tea found to have an aphrodisiac effect and helps boost sex drive. They would brew the leaves of this tea into a tea and drink it to increase their libido and energy levels. A cup of miracle tea in the morning can give you a boost of energy to sustain your day. And this is Brenda Carey of Be The Love Podcast. Demania is also used to treat headaches, bedwetting, depression, a nervous stomach, and constipation. It can help prevent and treat sexual problems. It can boost and maintain mental and physical stamina. So if you're looking for that energy boost, visit the Love Abundant store at drvarungandhi.com and try Miracle Tea for yourself. I have definitely seen my energy levels boost. You can also listen to Dr. Varun Gandhi's episode on Be The Love podcast, which is episode number 106. Yeah, I love that you bring up the voice because that was a part of my healing. It, interestingly enough, I mean, I have childhood memories. My mom would tell me as a little girl, I used to sing all the time. Mm. Like I would just, I would sing our address. That's how I learned it. You know, I would sing as she's pushing me in the grocery cart and, you know, people are like, oh, she's so happy. And then adolescent comes and just the confusion of, of all of that. And I lost that voice for quite a while. And when I started opening back up and even just when I wasn't even ready, but listening to my own thoughts, mm -hmm. and this is in that, you know, teens, early twenties and being aware of just the self-abuse of my own thoughts, that was a healing process within itself. I know it slowly began to shift was me starting to sing again. Mm. And I would, you know, sing, I like, I love um, beautiful chorus. Like that's one of my favorite, you know, mantras to sing and just singing it over and over was literally a healing process for my body and for my mind. And you know, when I tell people that they're like, really singing? I'm like, yes, there is something about this vibration of our and hearing our own voice, I think is really powerful. Uh, and I mean, at the time, wasn't aware of the ancestral shame. I mean, I think many women have that in their lineage and how that was kind of a, a transmutation of some of that ancestral shame that I had embedded in my body came out through a singing voice. And, you know, I love stories of people using, you know, words or singing or chanting and movement. I mean, how beautiful is that? And it really rises that Shakti energy. Um, so I'm delighted that I'm like, Ooh, what's step four? I'm like, I love that. <laughs> I love, I'm like, I 
did that without uh, even considering the whole, like all of those, like which you mentioned breath, which also also related and movement and just that intention of speaking to ourselves as my love. Um, so thank you for that. That was really just powerful to receive. Uh, I'm I'm curious, how has like the voice impacted like your shift out of shame, yours or people, other women that you work with? Like, where have you seen that like really create a turnaround? I mean, definitely with my clients, but I can't help to share my story after you oh, shared yeah. yours. I was the opposite in that my mother was a singer and oh. I always believed that I was tone deaf. And I remember playing the piano and I wasn't very good at that. And I just took on this belief that I was tone deaf. And, you know, I remember like being so inspired by people who could sing and I just was so scared to open my mouth until I had children and I would sing to my babies and my mm -hmm. ex-husband, he's a great person. I'm not at all speaking poorly of him. I, I truly love him dearly, but he would laugh at my singing, which I was just like, yeah, clearly I, I am not a singer. I'm a horrible singer. My voice is horrible. You know, these were all like the such deeply stored beliefs I had. And then I went through my spiritual awakening and I started speaking in tongue and toning, which was so challenging for me. I used to do these, you know, circles uh, in my house and I would have my drum and all of a sudden it was like, open your mouth and start, you know, just let it out. And, and the stuff that was coming out of my mouth, I was channeling a lot of Kali energy and it was really intense. And I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Like, what is this? You know? And I kept thinking I was going to like open my eyes and see everybody just like run out the door because <laughs> it was very, very intense. And then it started to move into singing and toning. And I just, I, I kept shutting it down because I was so in a firm belief that like, Oh, no, 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 I can't sing. Mm. And my higher self would come through and say, this has nothing to do with singing. Yeah. Because I had this context that singing was a song and it had, and, and my higher self was like, just relax and be. And it took me years and years of doing it and, and showing up time and time again, scared with my voice cracking and, you know, coughing and like, being on, I would do it online on these online platforms and my voice would hardly be there. Scared out of my mind, you know, scared again, like, what are people going to think? I'm just such an imposter. I, I can't do this. Who am I? Who am I to think that I have this glorious voice that's going to, you know, heal the world or whatever, like all of this imposter syndrome. And same thing as you were saying, like that voice coming through and being like, who do you think you are? Yeah. You can't sing. And just time and time again of showing up and my higher self just being like, you can do this, like show up. This isn't about singing. Just relax, relax. And literally watching my voice transform and becoming beautiful. And even of course, like it just doesn't even matter to me anymore. Now I toning and all of that is very, very much about you know, I mean, it's very much a part of my healing sessions and what I do online. And I finally came to this space of just like pure, like not even just acceptance, but like 
honor mm. that this is one of the ways that it makes me cry. Like this is one of the ways that I express myself after believing so strongly for so long that my voice really just not, not only didn't matter, it was just horrific. Um, that's beautiful. Sounds like it's been quite a shift, you know, and really, you know, moving from those deep seated beliefs that you've held on to for so long. And then both you, Lara and Brenda, you know, just like trans transmuting that energy, transmuting those old paradigms and old shifts. Um, I can't say that I, I have a story like that, um, but I know that like finding my my voice through through mantra has been really powerful. And, you know, singing mantras, you know, om and, you know, doing different mantras that I've, I've done. And, but then, you know, being able to share that with others. I remember I was in a ceremony and I was asked to uh, sing some mantras. And so I got up on the, you know, the top of my mat and I, I started singing and then I, all of a sudden it just became this fluid motion and I got lost in that, that energy. And, and I had never, you know, experienced that level of, you know, I'd always done it by myself, my own meditations and, you know, but being able to experience it in a, in a group with just me, it wasn't, you know, anyone else singing. And it was just such a beautiful, profound experience for me to to really step in and, and find that voice that I had maybe kept hidden, um, you know, within my my own meditation space. You know, it was safe there. Um, but once I stepped into that light, it was like my my voice started to shine, and I I started to shift so many things in my life because of that. It was a beautiful beautiful experience. And I think you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. And, and so I'm, yeah, with this work, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, our culture, we are so far apart from each other, right? And there's like this level of fear of being vulnerable for the deep feelings that we have, and being able to share that in a safe space, and being able to open up, um, and so you know, having this sense of presence and recognition of that, um, those deep feelings. And I'm just, you know, it, it feels like there's this, this work is so important to create this deep intimacy and deep connection with others, you know, and when I say intimacy, I, I mean, like, you know, just being seen, right, and being like felt by somebody else in a very deep, intimate way. And so, I'm just curious, like, how has your work, you know, helped shift others into being, having that deep, maybe that vulnerable piece of them feeling like, oh, it's okay, it's safe here to, to feel seen because I see myself. And I think I'm just curious, like, what your, what are your experiences with that? Yeah, one of them that comes through is, you know, I have this client when I first met her, she she really felt that she was being vulnerable and you know the message coming through to her was was like no we're going to really open you up into your vulnerability and she too wasn't orgasmic and you know through the process of 
coming into her body. And again, like really finding sensation in the body and the areas that we are so numb in. It's, I always say that denial is such a powerful thing because we literally can't see what we're denying. And so I was in denial of my body. She was definitely in denial of her body. And as we moved her into her body and reconnecting to these places of her, you know, her yoni and her physical, her womb, her cervix, that's what I do when I work with women as I reconnect them into those spaces and into their body and work on making the, the nervous system feel safe. You know, what started happening is, for one, of course, she became orgasmic, <laughs> but her relationship totally transformed. You know, she was with a man and she felt like he wasn't always showing up. He wasn't really always supporting her. He, of course, didn't understand her and didn't see her, didn't hear her, right? Which I think is a real wounding of the woman, of the feminine, like he doesn't listen. He doesn't hear me. Right. And as we opened her up, she was able to start to really be vulnerable with him and open up to where he was then able to see her because he couldn't see her before because it was behind closed doors. And so their, their relationship really shifted and, you know, he isn't even on this spiritual journey and now they're experiencing, you know, tele telepathic communication and just a deep movement of, of synchronicity and union where he, he knows and feels and senses what she needs and moves with her. And simultaneously, she knows how to really authentically and vulnerably verbally express mm. to him what she needs from him, how she's feeling in a way that now he's like, oh, I, I understand, you know, I, I can help you. I know what I need to do to support you. And so it's just really shifted her relationship with him, shifted her relationship with her son, shifted her relationship with her father and really in all areas of her life where really opening up that vulnerability. Now people can really support her and be there for her the way that she always wanted, but felt like people weren't. That kind of goes back to the, the speaking our truth and having that throat chakra active. So we can express what we, well, first of all, know what we want. I think there are many women that that's a question mark to begin with, but then also to communicate it in a way that other people can can receive it. And this, I think this kind of connects a little bit back earlier, you had mentioned boundaries. Uh, and, I, and I think this is also a really important topic for women who do struggle with shame and really embodying their sexual energy. How, how do you inform women of, of boundaries? When, when in this, like, I'm trying to communicate what I really want and, you know, really embracing this Shakti energy, where do, where do boundaries play into there? Mm, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I was taught through this process with my own body is the first part of our, like the physical representation of our boundary is our labia lips, which we don't even think about, right? Like nobody talks about labia lips and boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> And when you explore that part of your physical body, you find trauma where you have, you know, 
either allowed your boundaries to be, you know, overcome or unconsciously, you know, just not really known how to hold them. And I just really love saying that because there is a physical structure that helps us to really identify like what is a boundary. It's, you know, really where your labia lips, you know, are opened or penetrated, which is really like a beautiful representation, right? Of course, that's speaking sexually. And then we have our boundaries in life, but I feel like it's just a really great visual and, and like a contextual understanding of, you know, what is a boundary, right? Because to me, boundaries are very, very different than, um, I feel like I teach them differently than most people. To me, boundary is an integrity of self in every single moment, you know, is this loving to self? That is the question that creates a boundary and it's dynamic and it's not the same for everybody. And you could have a boundary like with this individual or this circumstance, this is my boundary. And with this individual or that circumstance, that boundary is not there in that context, right? Because it's a completely different scenario. I think we have this way of like conceptualizing boundaries and that doesn't really honor what the boundary truly is. We can just conceptualize boundaries all day long. A boundary is about self-love and self-integrity. So when I'm teaching women about boundaries, first off, you know, I teach them, yes, 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 into your body, say it out loud, feel it, speak it, feel it, speak it. Yes, yes. What does it feel like to say yes? What does it feel like to have permission? Yes, yes. And then simultaneously, no, no, no. What does that feel like to have that no? in your body, that strong, powerful, no period, you know, no definition, no explanation, no, just a (laughs) solid no. Right. So I work with them to really play with those two words, breathing into their bodies, feeling it in their bodies. And then taking that further is that question, is this loving to self? Is this loving to myself? And sometimes that takes a little bit more practice, (laughs) but Mm. what they get to is that availability of, yeah, no, this is not loving to self. Great. Then that's a solid. No, there Mm. is no, maybe I tell my clients, there's no, maybe a maybe is where you're not actually listening. There's either a yes or no, but it's uncomfortable. So you're creating a maybe but there's a very, very clear yes or no. And so it's about feeling in our bodies, breathing into our bodies and learning that question. And of course, it's easiest to learn something like that when they're not really like intense situations, right? Like playing with that question just throughout the day, like with what you're eating, with what you're doing, simple things that you can really, you're not emotionally triggered. And so you can Mm. hear the answer. And so you get used to like, that's a yes in my body. That's a no in my body. Okay. And then when you're in those spaces that are more emotionally triggered, you know, when it's not clear, okay, I just need to breathe into my body. This isn't clarity. This isn't clarity. Breathe. Is this loving to self? Is this loving to self? There it is. That's such an important skill, you know, or tool, because I think there's so many of us, right? Um, And I know I've done a lot of work on my own personal like energy boundaries and being able to trust in my, my body's wisdom, right. To say that this is a yes, or this is a no and, and not, you know, tuning into, you know, 
um, because this person wants something from me um, that I have to give in, right? Because there's that, there, there's been that pattern in my life of that outside external approval, especially with the masculine, right? And so taking my power back and really standing in my power and listening, you know, for my yes, my no, and that when there is that wavering it's an indecision a fear of being able to say yes or no right and so we really have to tune into that and honor that and and recognize when that that indecision or that fear comes up because we are um just trying to you know what what is that about you know is it you know i'm afraid because this person might react or you know how they're going to respond or whatever that might be but yeah, it does take practice and, you know, and, and coming back and like strengthening that energy within ourselves so that we can, we can really trust in our own body's wisdom when that yes is a yes and that no is a no and really speaking that truth. That's so, so important. Thank you for sharing that. And so I'm wondering uh, Laura, as, uh, as you continue this work and you're focusing on this beautiful, beautiful work that you're putting in the world and you're, you're giving in the world, how do you see this supporting the bigger picture of healing in the, the macro vision of our planet and where we're at right now? Hmm. Ah, what a glorious question. Thank you. <laughs> I see the feeling of nurturing, the feeling of being held, the feeling of safety and support in each individual. I see connection and intimacy taking forefront over performance and success and all the other, you know, illusions. I see humanity being able to really come together in empathy and compassion that, you know, we are very unique and several generations and all these beautiful cultures and different ways that people express and act and, and that's okay. We're safe. We're safe in who we are and we're safe in who other people are and that compassion and that empathy of our uniqueness really allowing each individual to blossom right in their genius and I see this very rapid expression of genius starting to really come out in the individual of I, I believe that we're all geniuses and when we feel that sense of safety of self and that ability to really allow our authentic expression we tap into that genius and I feel like that is going to you know really just radically take care of so many of the issues that we're facing because all of these geniuses that are just waiting to bud and the celebration of humanity in its uniqueness and its ability to come together in diversity and this all that naturally happening was going to, in my opinion, allow Gaia to really just transform herself. I don't 
honestly believe that she needs us. I mean, she needs us in the sense of I'm always showing up for Gaia constantly. I'm sending her love. I'm showing up for her. She is so powerful, right? Like if we are honoring our own being, she too will will be honored and blossom mm-hmm. in her sense. And the, the issues that we're having with our sinking to her and our and our moving with her instead of against her will also like just soften and dissolve. And we will once again, just really live in harmony with each other and with Gaia. Mm-hmm. That's That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Alara. And as we wrap up our conversation, please tell our listeners where they can find you and anything you're currently working on. Yeah, definitely. You know, my website, alarasage.com. And I am creating a sisterhood. It is a container where we are really intentionally bringing women in to be witnessed, to feel seen, to feel held. And for us, the those of us who are carrying the container to also be witnessed, seen, and held. So it's a very mutual container. And um, so it's it's very, very dear to my heart. And um, they can definitely reach out to me through my email info at Alara Sage if they're interested in that container. It's it's a free container. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we just so enjoyed this conscious conversation with you. And uh, yeah, look forward to yeah continuing this conversation maybe a little later. Um, we are excited about our upcoming Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023. And we would love to have you join us for a beautiful and vibration raising experience. Check out the webpage with details and registration in the show notes. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends and family, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.